Sarah Sloan, and you're listening to The Sarah Sloan Show. How are you guys? Are you doing okay? Is everything okay at home? Don't let anybody touch you unless it's consensual. What's the thing that they always said in college? I remember we had to watch some video in college about consent being like a cup of tea. And you would only offer someone a cup of tea and give it to them if they were willing to accept it. So then if someone was like, here, have this cup of tea, and you're like, I really don't want this cup of tea, then that'd just be kind of awkward. And so then, of course, we know what it's correlating to. Sex. That, that is what it is, you know? And so sex has to be consensual is what they were saying. Now, if we were living under biblical principles, that wouldn't even be a thing. We would just know, hey, if we're married, we can have sex. If we're not married, we won't. But it kind of makes things confusing whenever you don't live in the ways that are consider- considered biblical, you know? So that's something to think about. Wow, that was random. Am I right? Am I right? Am I right? Uh, podcasting is fun. I really enjoy podcasting. I'm not going to lie to you. I think I was getting a little stressed out. Um, I have this one uh, listener, and I, you know, I think my podcast is small enough to where I could still read the comments and it not be like anything crazy. But he's, he's such a faithful commenter. I don't even remember his username because it's, it's something interesting. And he was like, hey, you should include like the video within the podcast. And I think that's an excellent idea. So much so that I did it the last episode. But it's difficult. It's very, very difficult. So it kind of started to stress me out and made me feel like, oh, man, this is just a lot harder than I thought it was going to be. That's why that's why people have staff for podcasts. But I'm just a little just a little baby Sarah. I can't do that. Servants, hurry up, please. But yeah, you know, I, I could use some help. I said hurry up. Dang, I'm a quiet snapper. But yeah, so then I was like, no, let's just do a podcast that I enjoy. And hopefully if I enjoy it, you enjoy it. And then I'll probably go back to the video clips anyway, because I think that's fun to do. It's just, it is, technology is not easy. I don't get how people just do stuff so quickly and so readily. You know, if you have a YouTuber that you love and they post like all the time, show them some love because they deserve it is all I'm going to say. No, I'm going to say more than that, but let's just pretend that's all I'm going to say. And then I'm so excited, too, because, as you all know, well, hopefully you do, my mother has a podcast, and it's a really good podcast. And she she speaks in Spanish, but, of course, she's amazing at English, and she usually tries to talk about, like, biblical concepts, biblical study, and it's, like, really, really good. And she had taken a break, but now she's going to get back into it, so title of the podcast, The Mariella Sloan Show. So you better listen to it if you want some Bible, because we all need some truth. You know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about. Okay, so it was pretty funny. I was at, I was at church today, and then this person was so sweet. She was just like talking to me, and then she said, hey, do you want some gum? And she said it just in like the nicest way, and I was like, oh, dang. My breath stinks. And I was like, that, that hurts, that hurts. But it's okay, it's okay, you know? That is life. 
and and life happens. And she did it in the nicest way possible. If if it was me, I probably just would like get away from the person. I would like run and never look back. Never. But no, she was so sweet and just offered me the gum. If I was to offer someone gum and their breath stunk, I would probably say that. I'd be like, your breath really stinks, so I'm offering you this gum for that very reason. Yeah, you know what you know what a fart smells like? That's what your breath smells like. So here's some gum. Is that okay? I'm glad we we understand each other. I'm glad we could work that out. It's important to me that you know. Okay, so I was um I was recently on a podcast. And I'm just going to say right now, I didn't realize that being a guest on a podcast is actually like a lot harder than many would imagine. It's just like you have like normally I'm leading the podcast. So I know what I'm going to say. I know when I'm going to say it. If I'm interviewing somebody, I know what questions to ask. I know how to guide the conversation. No, you didn't really answer my question. Oh, we're going to go on back on it again. Um, It's easy, you know, for the most part. But being on somebody's podcast, it's like. It's almost like dancing, and then usually I'm not the lead because I'm a female, so the guy has to lead, and he has to kind of, you know, spin you this way or do this or that, take this step, and you kind of follow. And so it's hard whenever you're used to basically being the leader. So I, I really was just having to be, like, quiet and just listen. And then if they needed to hear me speak then they would ask me a question and then I would speak it's just kind of different it's just kind of weird so that's another thing where I'm like man you know you see these big time comedians and maybe they just released a special or something and so then they're having to kind of do the circuit they're having to join everybody's podcast and be a guest on their podcast because they need to plug their special or something along those lines or plug their book or the fact that they're starting a new podcast or something along those lines and you see some people are better guests than others. There's some people where they're just terrible guests. Like, they're talking over the interviewer. They're not answering the questions. They're making it awkward. And it kind of makes you realize that, dang, being interviewed is actually a skill. And so, yeah, that was, that was actually something to think about. And, but it was fun. At the end of the day, it was fun. And I would love to do it again. Um, I forgot the name of the podcast that I was on. So if I could figure that out, I'll try to put it in the show notes and then maybe you can give it a listen because it was, it was just such a good time. So, um, it was me and this other girl, uh, and we were basically talking about comedy. And so I really enjoyed the conversation. Um, I was able to kind of talk about my beliefs and everything. So yeah. Oh, I don't think I've even really said that. I, I, I'm an aspiring, a wannabe uh, comedian. And so what that means is I just do a lot of open mics and it's, it's fun. And I just try to think of new material. I try to practice the way I say it. I work on jokes. Um, I even recently was on a roast. And so then it was like a roast battle. So you just have to like insult each other, but in a jokey way. And you kind of all understand like, Hey, this is a joke. And we are wanting to get laughs. We're not actually meaning what we're saying. And so that's the beauty of, that's the beauty of comedy that people don't get offended because that's something that like, I even try to practice just in my life, like as a Christian, like, Lord, please help me to never be offended because I can get offended. And it's so annoying. You get like uptight and you're just like, and you like know that you're being bothered, but it's important to not be offended. 
And so comedy is just really great for people that don't want to be offended. And obviously comedy is terrible whenever people do. You hear a lot of people like hecklers and they're yelling out at comedians. And why are they doing that? Because they're either offended or they're wanting to make the show about themselves. They think that doing comedy is easy. They could get up on that stage and do just as well as a comedian. And maybe they can, but also maybe they can't. It's a lot of work. But yeah, the, the roast was interesting. It was actually kind of difficult. Um, you you have to really make it short. You have to make it a, a one line and go for the jugular if you can. Um, one roast that I really enjoyed that somebody else did was it was it was this kind of older guy and then he some younger guy said to him, you look like if the Mountain Dew picked out a Gerber baby. Because he has this like mohawk and these like rocker glasses and this like goatee and so he it was just such a funny joke because it was true but it was also a dig it was a nice subtle dig and then I was making jokes that were more like factual and they just weren't very funny and so it was a good learning experience I think one of the ones I did that got no laughs which didn't deserve any laughs that's the other thing about comedy you can't blame the audience if you don't get any laughs that's on you you're supposed to make them laugh and yeah, it was that you're like a bathtub, you're large, white, and dirty, but at least a bathtub can be cleaned. Nobody laughed. I can't blame them. I can't blame them. So I got a long way to go, a long way to go. Um, but it's fun. It's a, it's a learning process. It's okay. It's all good. But I won't lie to you. It does stink sometimes to get no laughs because it's almost like you're taking a test and then you make an F. Like, sometimes you make an A, sometimes you make a B, a C, a D, and then you make an F sometimes. And you're like, dang, I really didn't enjoy making an F on this test. It makes me feel dumb. It makes me feel inadequate. But you also have to just push past that pain and say, I will do better next time. And then what do they always say about, like, failure? Like, you miss 100% of the shots you never take, like with basketball. Swish. Basketball is good. It's a good analogy. Um, yeah, with soccer, you could do the same thing. Hockey. But there's some sports I feel like you actually can't make that analogy with now that I'm really thinking about it. But comedy is a journey, and they always say with comedians, it takes about 10 years to get good at comedy. That's a long time. I've been doing it for, like, almost a year now. So I have a long, 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 long way to go. But it's okay. It's okay. I'll live. I'll live. And uh, the goal is that I'll get better and that I can make a livelihood out of this. That's the goal. But how many people say that? How many people say that? Everybody's like, I want to be a comedian. Eh, I want to do this. Eh. And then how many actually end up doing it? There's not that many professional comedians. So. But man, whenever you're up on stage and you get a laugh, there's there's a, nothing better in the world. There's no better feeling. It's just so cool. It's such a cool feeling. Like, they understood my joke. They are laughing at me, but, like, not in a bad way. That sounds, like, bad. You know, they are laughing at me, though. But, yeah, in a good, fun way. And so it's just, it's fun. It's a fun, fun exercise. And then I would even say, like, th this is just my opinion. I really like, I don't like things to be exclusive, I think everybody should try comedy like a few times and see if they like it. If nothing else, it helps you to kind of get over that fear of speaking in public 
that fear of like seeing if you make people laugh. Like really all you'd have to do is like write five jokes down. Just think of five jokes. I think the, the one mistake a lot of people do whenever they're first trying comedy is they just go up there and try to tell like a long story that is like an actually very funny story. But they don't realize that whenever you go up on stage and tell a story, it's people are, they want a punchline. They want a setup and a punchline, a setup and a punchline. And I don't even really do that all the time with my jokes, but they want a line to laugh at. And whenever you're like, yeah, so then he like looked at me and it was so crazy that he was looking at me. Like no one knows what to do with that. They don't know to just like laugh in this moment, laugh in this moment. So it's like, okay, this is an interesting story, but I'm not laughing. I wanted to laugh. This is comedy. So yeah, I would say try to just come up with a few one-liners. Like don't copy, but use other people's jokes as a template. You know, if, if you're a beginner, which I am. And yeah, just kind of see where it takes you from there. And it could, it could help you just become more relaxed more comfortable with yourself, more confident. There's nothing wrong with it. It's, I think it's a really good thing. And then of course there's the aspect of comedy being dirty because typically what you're doing in comedy is you're joking and you're trying to push the line and you are trying to shock people a little bit. You are trying to offend a little bit, not in a bad way, but just like a little, you're pushing the line, the boundary. And so that means that somebody's not going to like what you say. Like almost no matter what, somebody isn't going to like it. And it can help you to get over that, that as well. Like really like not pleasing people, not being a people pleaser, but then also like understanding people in order to make a joke that people don't like, you have to understand that people don't like it. So then you're observing people, you're taking more notice, you're becoming like a a wiser person. So it's a journey and if you ever want to, you should give it a try because I have no regrets now that I've been trying it. But yeah, but the nature of it is that it is a dirty game. It is. A lot of people, they, like I said, because they want to shock and offend, they usually end up talking about things that just are inappropriate. And so they go too far. And some people like that. And then others are just like, okay, it's not my favorite. I don't really want to listen to that. Could you talk about anything else? And it's, it's hard for people to do that. Some people, it's like they only want to joke about drugs. They only want to joke about sex. That's all they want to joke about. And it's just like, okay. There's many other things in the world to joke about. There's many other things that people find very funny. But there are some really good, clean comedians out there. Um, and there's a demand for it. Because if you're going to a show, if a comedian's coming to a town near you, and you want to, like, you have kids, you want to bring your kids to the show so they can laugh too, you can't do that with many comedians. But one of my favorites, she's her name is Angela Johnson, and she is so funny. She does this. Um, she does this one about um, a nail salon. It's a nail salon joke, and so she's doing an impression of the lady giving her the uh, the what, what do you call it? a nail treatment? Um, let's see. Wow, they're giving me trouble trying to find this video. I wonder why. Yeah, they really shouldn't give me trouble. I'm, I'm just trying to help you guys. Yeah, it's Angela Johnson. I think she actually just came out with um, another special, another comedy special. But she's a Christian, but she's not, it's going to sound weird. She's not a Christian comedian. And she even explained it. She's like, I'm not going to talk about like in the Bible, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, but I am a Christian. 
but I'm just going to joke about good things, wholesome things. So yeah, she doesn't get dirty. She doesn't talk about sex and stuff like that, but she's still very, very funny. Um, okay, let's see. Sister, we go over, um, it's a place called Beautiful Nail. I was kind of confused when I first read the sign though. Beautiful Nail. Just one. <laughs> Just one nail. Do I get to pick which one? Or no. Now with these ladies, they're so nice. You know, they make you feel like it's all about you and customer service, you know. Whatever you lie, we do for you. So instead of like a punchline, if you notice what she's doing is she's just like using an accent to make people lie uh make people laugh. But whenever she was first like bringing up the joke, she's just making fun of the name of the nail salon. Um, so like I said, not a punchline. It's not a setup punchline, setup punchline. She's doing something different, but she also uses her tone, just her voice in general. She will use that just to like make people laugh, which is a great way to do, to do comedy. If you can kind of figure out your thing, you're set, you're good to go. So here, let's play a little bit more. <laughs> Really nice, yeah. As soon as I walk in, they greet me right away. Hi, honey, what you need today? <laughs> oh, um, can I get my nails done? Okay, honey, do you lie pedicure too? Uh, no, no, just my nails. Honey, why you don't lie? <laughs> pedicure, it may look nice, it's so sexy. So then the only thing you could say is, oh, could anybody do that joke? Can anybody do that voice? Because that could be seen as racist uh, or what, what do they call it? A cultural appropriation. Like you can't do somebody else's accent that isn't your own. That's offensive uh, because it's almost like you are making them seem stupid or lesser than because you're doing their accent. Uh, some people would argue, oh, because she is Latina, Angela Johnson is Latina, she's allowed to do it somehow because she's not white. But if you were white, you can't do it because white people just need to speak in an American accent. Maybe sometimes they could be allowed to do a British accent or an Australian, but no more than that, or it's very offensive. Um, but yeah, because she's Latina, it's safe. In my mind, no, throw that all out. Uh, you want to do an accent, do a freaking accent. It's not cultural appropriation. People have accents, people speak in different ways, and we are allowed to make fun of it, and we're allowed to copy it as much as we want. It's a free country, and that's not harassment. And if you don't like it, don't do, don't do comedy, don't go to a comedy club, don't be around a comedian, don't listen to a comedian, and isolate yourself in your dumb little bubble. Hide yourself in your room and put your pillow over your head and cry every night. Because that's the life you want to live. You don't, you don't want any risk. You don't want anybody having any fun doing anything. Um, this joke is funny because she's pushing the boundary and she's copying someone's voice because she noticed it sounded funny. And it is funny. And guess what? They probably don't think it's funny because they're used to it. But whenever they hear us try to speak in their language, they probably think it's very funny because guess what? It is. So we can all make fun of each other and actually have a really great time and get along. It's better for you. <laughs> oh, oh, all right, sure, then I'll get a pedicure too, thanks. Okay, honey, sit down, I'm gonna sick my ling, she do for you, good job, only $20, but that's okay, sit down. <laughs> oh, okay, thanks. So my ling starts doing my nails right away. Um, by the way, her American name is Tammy. 
Cammy. You have boyfriend? Um, no, no, I don't, I don't have a boyfriend. Honey, why you don't have? You look so pretty, like model, cheerleader, something pretty. So she starts doing the physical impression of her having her nails and just going like that. And that is just, that, that's comedy cold, gold. Wow, sorry. Now, this is not sexual. It's not about drugs. It's just, she went to a nail salon probably multiple times to get her nails done. She noticed that it was funny how these ladies would talk in this way, um, have a silly name for their business, uh, with one nail, it's just like literally not nails, one nail. And then also they ask her about her boyfriend, they pressure her into getting other services that she doesn't want. Um, They're kind of judging her for not having a boyfriend. They're saying, if your nails look better, you would kind of a thing. So that is just such good comedy. She just observed these things and she thought about it, she stood on it. And she could have said this stuff in many different ways, but she probably had to say it the first time and kind of say, no, the way I said that didn't really work. I could try this instead. Okay, I could do this instead. And then make it actually very funny. And so she, you, it's a refining process. It's a, you have to correct yourself over time. It's also helpful if you can have other comedians listen to your comedy and then say, hey, in this moment when you were about to say this, if you added this, if you also said this, that would make it a thousand times funnier. And then you could do that instead and then just tell, uh, tell the joke that way. So you want, you want to be able to accept correction um, from people that are actually funny, though. If they're not funny, don't accept correction from them because it's a bad idea. You want to be careful who you, who you really are listening to. So it's a, you really have to get over yourself in it. Uh, because no matter what, they always say comedy is meritocracy. If you're funny you will do well. It doesn't matter what you look like, what you sound like. It doesn't matter who you know, who you don't know. If you can get on the stage and make people laugh, you will do well. But you could be the hottest guy on the planet, the hottest female on the planet. You could have the best personality in the world. You could be the kindest listener. You can have the most money. If you can't make people laugh in comedy, you will not do okay. You will not do well. Your career will flounder because people are there to laugh. I could be the kindest person in the world, but if I'm going to play football and I'm not the best football player in the world, I'm not going to be playing for the NFL. It's a meritocracy. That is the beauty of it. That is why comedy is so wonderful. Nobody can complain. Oh, I never got a fair shot. Oh, I was never... You can go anywhere to any club. I live in a very small town, and I'm even able to do it. So you can be in a small town. Now, if you go to a bigger city, then you can practice more. You can go more, especially in Austin, Texas, of course, because... Joe Rogan has his comedy mothership club and it's bouncing, doing the hairy well. But yeah, Angela Johnson's a good one. Um, but there's a lot that are famous, famous, but they're not as a, as appropriate. Like Dave Chappelle is probably like the like the number one most famous comedian. Um, but you know his stuff is very very sexual, so you know it is what it is. And then I think everybody knows Jim, Jim Gaffigan. He's the guy that just like talks about hot pockets and how much food he loves. But, but yeah, no, it's, I love it. I think it's a, it's a very, very interesting world. 
Uh, okay, so let's go to let's go to the verse. It's gonna be Proverbs fifteen twenty four. The way of life winds upward for the wise, that he may turn away from hell below. This verse really stuck out to me because we always think about the path of righteousness and the path of you know wickedness or whatever you may want to call it and you're standing and there's a fork in the road and you can go either way and you'll your life will be radically different based on which way you go but i don't really like that because what that means is they're at the same level they're kind of on the same playing field instead i like the way that this says the way of life winds upward so you're going up and then it's turning you away from hell below so it's almost like if you're climbing a ladder and you're going, you're doing the right thing that God wants you to do, you're going up. And then if you do evil, you're going down. And heaven is up here, hell is down here. And, you know, once you're at them, you're at them. You know, you can't kind of change. So it makes it much more dramatic, right? Rather than going at the same level, wickedness, righteousness, like that, it's better to go up or down, up or down. And we can decide which way we want to go because God gives us that freedom of choice. That's why, you know, Adam and Eve in, in the land, they had the one tree of evil and don't partake of that, of good and evil. Sorry, you know what I mean? And don't partake of that. You can have everything else. So if they hadn't had, had that tree and that option to hurt God's heart, then how do you know that you're really loved? You can't force somebody to love you. They have to choose to love you. And that's what makes it a beautiful thing. Like if somebody's getting married to somebody, I am choosing to spend the rest of my life with you. That's a really crazy choice. And that's actually a huge honor that somebody would want to spend the rest of their life with you. And then, of course, a lot of people end up divorcing and that's very sad. But for the people that make it 50 years, 70 years of marriage, like that's a huge deal. That's awesome. That would be interesting to know what's the longest amount of time that somebody's been married for. I know for a lot of men, they're wishing they had like 60 years with me, but I just have to say, no, I can't do that. I can't be available to every man out there. I know you want me, but you can't have me. Okay. I just, I have to remind men because they're just trying to like take me and I just, I have to go like this. No, 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 just like that. Wow, I rambled. That was a lot. That was a lot, you know. Okay, I do want to update you on what's happening. I think the last episode I was talking about sleeping with a pillow and sleeping without a pillow and kind of my experiences with that, but that was a few weeks ago. Now to update you, it's been very interesting. At first, whenever I was sleeping without a pillow, it was kind of hurting. Like in the middle of the night, I would have to get the pillow. I'd just be like, no, I can't take it. And it was like a a relief to have the pillow again. I would say this happened for like about a week. And then after that, it started becoming very comfortable to sleep without a pillow. Very. And my mother is actually, she was doing the same thing. And she agreed. She said it's very comfortable now without a pillow. So now... Like for the past few weeks, I've been sleeping without a pillow. No, At no point do I put a pillow under my head. And 
I don't know. I kind of think this might be the way. Like, why do we have to have pillows? Why is that a thing? Our body is like this, you know? So why do we need something like this? Why, like, why do we have to do that? And maybe there's some scientific reasoning that I don't know of, but I do want to know, like, what did cavemen do? And were they okay? Why do I need my head pushed forward? I just don't get why I need my head pushed forward. So until somebody like who I can actually believe and who has like some credibility tells me differently, I think I'm just going to stick with this. Honestly, I found it to be extremely comfortable and, uh, what's the word loving it? Well, that's two words, but, uh, McDonald's, bum, 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 bum. I'm loving it. Okay. And then real quick, kind of just my thoughts about the presidential race, even though it's like so far away, I just feel the overall consensus, the overall bit of what's happening. I feel like Republicans like more and more, I'm not saying all, but more and more are realizing like Trump really needs to do this next round. He needs to be president from 2024 to 2028. Like this is him. Or is it 2025 to 2029? I don't know. I don't know. This is hurting my brain. Because it's always a year after, right? So if it's a race of 2020, but then you start in 2021, you know what I mean. This is hurting my brain now, and I barely even have one. But I just feel like people are starting to like understand that this is Trump's. And I think it's like a week out, DeSantis will probably announce that he's running. And I don't think this is a good idea at all. I think he really should reconsider. I don't think it's his time. I think a lot of people don't think it's his time. Maybe he could do it in four years from now. Or maybe not at all. But he's a good governor, and we can trust in that. But there's always new people coming to become a possibility. I think Vivek Ramswani is probably the second most interesting option right now. And I think he's playing his cards so right. Because his harshest attack on Trump is that Trump was a, what's the word? Like, um, he, he used this word like a, a fire starter. Like, and we needed that. But now he's not a fire starter again because he's already done it. So we need a new one. And that's basically his worst attack on Trump. I think that's pretty safe. Because no matter what, if you're running against Trump, you have, a, you have to give a reason of why you're better than Trump. And so he's giving reasons, but he's not being mean about it. He's not being nasty about it. I think if Vivek Ramaswamy continues this way, He's obviously not going to win. It doesn't matter. Like, no matter what, he's not winning. But this race could really help him. He's obviously becoming more well-known. He is getting to kind of show people his, his true colors, which I think are good colors, by the way. And he could become better respected. So then if he runs again in the future, he will actually, I think, have a very good chance. He is a genius. Now, of course, probably something will come out in the future where it's like, oh, maybe maybe it wasn't a good thing to to kind of say I, I, I like him right now. But but still, no matter what, I do. I do like him. I think he's very interesting and he's very smart and he has a lot of good ideas. And um, yeah, I'm allowed to kind of support him without fully supporting him. But yeah, Trump's my number one. He's my baby. And yeah, they're trying to take him down. They're trying everything they can and it's not working. It's not working. 
uh, it really helps him in the polls. I saw I saw one poll where it was like he had out of all the Republicans in the field, he had like 57 percent of, of support. DeSantis was second, even though he's not in the race yet. So we need to quit including him in polls. But whatever. Uh, he had like 20 something and then everybody else had single digit. I'm pretty sure if I can remember right. Guys, even if all the other people, oh, you know, if they were out of the race and those numbers went straight to DeSantis, he still isn't even close to Trump. Trump is the daddy. He is going to win. So I'm very excited about that possibility. I'm like praying for it to happen. I need it to happen. Am I biased? Yeah, yeah, I guess I am. But you know what? That's life. We all are. We are what we are. But guys, I think I've talked for long enough. I so appreciate all of you for listening, for giving your time, and for being such wonderful, kind, giving, smart, intelligent, caring people. So remember, be kind to yourself and love Jesus because you need him whether you believe it or not. All right, have a good one, you guys. (laughs) 